1: I am so happy. <laughs> so so happy to be with you today. I'm uh, literally right after the radio show, I'm going to be departing for Bangkok. I'm doing the self-love and extreme pampering retreat in Thailand this month and I'm going to have some extra time in Thailand and uh, scout some other possible retreat options for future dates. And, yeah, so I'm so happy to be able to join with you and lay that foundation of connection before I head off to the airport. I really consider you my my prayer partner, and um, speaking of prayer, let us dive right in take a deep dive and say yes to the higher holy spirit self so grateful and so thankful to open our hearts and open our minds to the higher holy spirit self leading us guiding us we're grateful So grateful to consciously intend to be ourselves, to be the living Christ light in our own experience of life. So grateful to consciously choose the atonement for ourselves. We're choosing to let go of all the belief in history and past. And keeping it alive in our mind, we're letting that go. We are grateful and thankful to open ourselves to an unprecedented flow of divine goodness. We are grateful and thankful to consciously attune to infinite love as our lead. In gratitude, we accept the healing as already done. In gratitude, we allow ourselves to be lifted and shifted in gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Mm. So grateful. So grateful. Yes, indeed. Mighty, mighty grateful. And the topic that Spirit gave us for this week is, uh, You are the treasure." You are the treasure of God. It says that again and again in the Course. And let's focus on that. And uh, indeed, Chapter 8 in the text is entitled, The Treasure of God. And Jesus says, We are the joint will of the Sonship, whose wholeness is for all. We begin the journey back by setting out Together and gather in our brothers as we continue together. Every gain in our strength is offered for all, so they too can lay aside their weakness and add their strength to us. God's welcome waits for us all, and He will welcome us as I am welcoming you. Forget not the kingdom of God for anything. The world has to offer. So I love this. It's, we begin the journey back by setting out together and gathering our brothers as we continue together. So we're gathering folks with us. Uh, This is one of the teachings of A Course in Miracles is that we, the teachers of God, those are the ones who have chosen to recognize the unity of all life, even if we don't feel it all the time. If we've just had a feeling of it one time in our entire life, that's all that's required. And what we are is that Son of God, the Christ's light. This We are the Sonship. All humanity is the Sonship. And it is as though we have been breathed out of creation, right? There's that reference in, in the book of Genesis that uh, God breathed human life into being. There's that sense of we've been breathed out into this experience and we are being inhaled back into our awareness of our divinity. So, in chapter chapter 8, section 6, the treasure of God, carrying on here to paragraph 2, it says, The world can add nothing to the power and glory of God and His holy sons, but it can blind the sons to the Father if they behold it. So, if we behold the world, then, you know, if we treasure the world rather than our connection with God, then will be blinded. It says you cannot behold the world and know God. Only one is true. I am come to tell you that the choice of which is true is not yours to make. If it were, you would have destroyed yourself. Yet God did not will the destruction of his creations, having created them for eternity. His will has saved you, not from yourself, but from your illusion of yourself. He has saved you for yourself. I love that. Yet God did not will the destruction of his creations, having having created them for eternity. Yes. God, so God is not a destructive God. God is a creative God. And when we are behaving in a destructive way, then we are not in tune with our God self, with our infinite self. And one of the things that uh, I think is helpful for us to, to recognize is that when we are uh, feeling that destruction, uh, which sometimes happens, we we can be self-sabotaging, self-medicating, self-destructive. Uh, when that happens, um, it's really an appearance. One of my teachers, Ernest Holmes, the founder of Science of Mind, in the Science of Mind textbook, he describes evil. He defines evil as that which appears to be destructive. That which appears to be destructive. I think that's the best definition of evil I've ever heard. That which appears to be destructive. And so if you think about it, uh, here in uh, North America, where I am uh, right this minute, uh, we're going into, we're in the fall, we're in autumn, and we're heading towards winter. And winter particularly up in Maine, where I spend a lot of time, it can seem pretty destructive. Winters can be very intense and harsh. And um, it, it appears to be destructive. It appears to freeze things and kill things. Uh, the leaves fall off the trees. Uh, that all up- looks like destruction. That's the appearance. But... It's moving into a time of recalibration, restoration, and actually then comes quite naturally renewal and resurrection, the spring. So even that which appears destructive is not necessarily going to harm. It's interesting to think about it that way. Evil is that which appears to be destructive. It says here, God's will has saved you, not from yourself, but from your illusion of yourself. God has saved you for yourself. Let us glorify God whom the world denies, for over God's kingdom the world has no power. No one created by God can find joy in anything except the eternal, not because he's deprived of anything else, but because nothing else is worthy of him. What God and his sons create is eternal, and in this and this only is their joy. Yes. So, again and again here, telling us that we're eternal. We are infinite. We are that love without end. Our eternal nature is pristine and intact. We can take a breath on that and give thanks for that. So grateful that this is so. So then it comes on here. Um... Let us glorify him whom the world denies, for over his kingdom the world has no power. No one created by God can find joy in anything except the eternal. Not because he's deprived of anything else, but because nothing else is worthy of him. So let's, let's just take a look at this, um, again and think of what do we put our attention on and think we're deprived of. Just think about anything in your life that you feel deprived of. So, no one created by God can find joy in anything except the eternal. If we're feeling deprived, are we valuing that which is not actually valuable? So often, we can get so distracted, myself included, by trying to accomplish or attain something in the world, but it doesn't bring us joy. No one created by God can find joy in anything except the eternal. That's where our joy lies. A lot of people are looking for joy, looking to find joy and discover joy, live in joy. It's in that relationship with the eternal. It's in the infinite creator experience. Now, here we go. I I love this part coming up here. Listen to the story of the prodigal son and learn what God's treasure is and yours. The son of a loving father left his home and thought he had squandered everything for nothing of any value. Although... He had not understand, understood its worthlessness at the time. The son of a loving father left his home and thought he had squandered everything in exchange for nothing of any value, although he had not understood its worthlessness at the time. He was ashamed to return to his father because he thought he had hurt him. Yet when he came home, the father welcomed him with joy because the son himself was his father's treasure. He wanted nothing else. So, so, <laughs> so clear and so beautiful. So we thought the appearances that we have squandered our inheritance, our divinity, in exchange for nothing of any value. But when we set out in this world, in this journey, we did not understand the worthlessness of attaining things in this world, having things in this world. That it's only, it's like the Beatles said, and Jimmy Twyman referred to in our Living a Course in Miracles class last week, it's that phrase uh, from the Beatles song, And in the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make. It's the the making of the love. It's the being the loving expression. That is the thing that is worth something. That is the thing that is of value. So we squandered everything for nothing of any value. And have we not been ashamed to return to our Father because we thought we hurt our Father? Have we not been ashamed? Is this not the sense of guilt? Is this not the sense of worthlessness that plagues so many people? Of course it is. This is exactly it. This is why Jesus gave us this parable. So it says, God wants only his Son because his Son is His only treasure. We are the only treasure of God. We are the treasure and still the treasure, always the treasure. And we are still wanted. It says, you want your creations as he wants his. Your creations are your gift to the Holy Trinity, Trinity created in gratitude for your creation. They do not leave you any more than you left your creator. So think of what is it that we can create in this world? Of course, miracles is pretty clear and tells us that when we create from love, when we create actively employing, using, expressing, and sharing the spiritual qualities of life, then we are creating something worthwhile. We're creating something in this world that matters. Creations of love, creations of beauty, creations of wisdom and clarity and joy. I can hear the geese overhead. (laughs) That's a fun sound. How how they fly their flocks of geese honking all the way. (laughs) Um, In V formation. I see them a lot in this area at this time of year. It's beautiful. Okay, sorry for the distraction. But, you know, that's a created thing of beauty uh, created by God. Your creations are your gift to the Holy Trinity. Created. In gratitude for your creation. So our gifts of love created in gratitude for our creation. These gifts are eternal. And we love them. They are our treasures. We love, love, love them. And so the thing for us to look at is, as we love our creations, God loves us. As we treasure our creations, God loves us. And it says, uh, as I just had read before, they do not leave you, your creations do not leave you any more than you left your creator. But they extend your creation As God extended himself to you. Can the creations of God himself take joy in what is not real? And what is real except the creations of God and those that are created like his? So we're real. We're not an illusion. The body, yes. Our being, no. So there is no other gift. There is no other gift that is eternal and therefore there is no other gift that is true. How then can you therefore, oops, how then can you accept anything else or give anything else and expect joy in return? Now remember, joy only comes with the things that are eternal. No one created by God can find joy in anything except the eternal. So, That's where we find our joy. It says, What else but joy would you want? You made neither yourself nor your function. You made only the decision to be unworthy of both. Gotcha. Yet you cannot make yourself unworthy because you are the treasure of God and what he values is valuable. There can be no question of its worth, because its value lies in God sharing Himself with it and establishing its value forever. Mm-hmm. So our eternal value is established forever. It says, your function is to add to God's treasure by creating yours. His will to you is his will for you. He would not withstand creation, oh, excuse me, he would not withhold creation from you because his joy is in it. You cannot find joy except as God does through celebrating the eternal creations of love. Those are my words. (laughs) But that's it right there. Our joy comes from expressions of love which are maximal, which are eternal. Yes. Yes. So they say you can't take it with you. But you can take all the love in and in the end. The love you take is the love you make. We take it with us. Take it with us always and forever because love is eternal. Our nature is eternal. This is our essence and being. Now, thinking about this and thinking of yourself as the treasure, this can bring up a lot of stuff for healing. A whole lot of stuff for healing. So, I know for myself, it's been a road I've been traveling on to recognize that truly nothing from the past has any meaning in the present. Nothing from the past has any meaning from the present. Why bring it with us? Why continue to hold on to it? Why continue to make it real? When even if the past was really lovely and wonderful and now is not so great, we can rise from glory to greater glory. And so looking at the past still doesn't help us. Sometimes when people have happy memories, reviewing those happy memories can make them feel distracted, distracted, but all things work together for good. There are no exceptions. So our good is in the present moment, not in reviewing the past. There's not really any good that can come from reviewing the past. If we'd like to have insight, because we could say, oh, but Jennifer, um, reviewing the past, I learned things. Going back and looking at it. What if you didn't do that anymore? What if you just stop doing that altogether? Maybe you'd like to do what I do, which is to say to the Holy Spirit, there's anything that I can learn from my experiences, anything at all that I can harvest that I haven't already harvested into my awareness, please show it to me. Please teach it to me. I'm teachable and because of that i find on a regular basis that i learn from things that happen suddenly some insight some wisdom some clarity will pop into my mind and take a sip of my tea here so i don't need to take My time, energy, and attention reviewing the past where by reviewing the past, I could get snagged. I could get snagged by the ego and make some meaning of something uh, in the past that I hadn't seen before. Some new grudge, some new resentment, some new blame, shame, regret. But I'm not interested in that. So I'm content to let the Holy Spirit inform me. I'm content to be shown. I have frequently said that the Holy Spirit and I work on a need-to-know basis. That I'm willing to trust that what I need to know will be shown to me, will be told to me, will be given to me, and I will recognize the gift that it has for me. Everything has a gift. All things work together for good. There are no exceptions. It says, Your function is to add to God's treasure by creating yours, right? So, how are you creating your treasure? Through loving expressions. Loving expressions. There are so many things that we do where we don't even think about we could be loving while we do it. And being loving while we do it changes the tenor of everything. It changes the trajectory of everything. So pouring love into the simplest things can become a new habit. A new habit. So for instance, um, I have many rituals that I do on a daily basis. Things like brushing my teeth, uh, washing my body, putting moisturizer all over. And I, um, oh, I do so many things like that, you know, that are the, the daily self care rituals. And we can do them as acts of love. And then they become meaningful instead of meaningless because they're filled with love. And just think if when you eat your food, you bless your food. You bless your food. And I, I one of the things I like to say when I bless my food is that my food is light to my light body. And, um, oh, by the way, hello, yes, oh. I was just thinking that um, I'm going to say a blessing like I do over my food to give you an example. And uh, since we're now transcribing all the radio shows, you'll have it in the transcript. And we are starting from the most recent ones and working our way backwards. And um, we we we're, if you go to com now... And you go to the um, resources menu, I believe that's what it is, and uh, you pull down the menu there. Uh, you can see the transcripts uh, page, and we're we've, we're loading them up. So that's one of the projects we're working on this week is getting them loaded up. Um, Yep, radio show transcripts in the resources menu. They're free for you to download there. So, uh give us a little bit more time another week or so. We've got some staff who are out um right now and um but we'll get those up for you. And uh, we've got about 50 or 60 of them already transcribed. So, uh i I encourage you to also let other people know that those are there and you can enjoy them all right so uh so I was going to do a blessing, and as if I were blessing my food, so I start just take that breath as I always like to do with a prayer, and let me just see here. I'm going to say this blessing on the way out of uh, our time together here. So we take a breath. Say, I am blessing this food. And uh, I, I, I like to say, higher Holy Spirit self. Blessing this food knowing that it is of the highest vibration, that it is healing and nourishing to the body temple, that it is light to my light body, that it raises my vibration makes me more beautiful, more luminous, more radiant, more my true self. I bless everyone who had anything to do with this food. Blessing their lives and their families. Blessing the truckers and the farmers and everyone involved. Giving thanks for their precious life and their energy in this food. Giving thanks to Mother Earth and her amazing givingness and generosity. The bounty of the earth is blessed. And gratitude, we let it be, and so it is. There's the blessing for the uh, the food. And uh, you can bless your water simply, you know. I love you, thank you. Uh, Dr. Emoto, um, his, his work is so beautiful about the vibrational shift, the energetic shift. When we just say, I love you, thank you. That's another way to bless your food. And... I'm going to bless us on a, out to a break here right now. I'm Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course in Miracles, where we're living the love, we're walking the talk on Unity Online Radio, and I'll be right back.
2: Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk.
1: Welcome back. Thanks for joining me. Yes, we are the treasure. We are the treasure of God. Indeed, that's what we're talking about this week. And uh, before I jump back into that, being the treasure, uh, just a reminder that the Living of Course in Miracles classes that we completed uh, are... Uh, over the weekend we are they're all done and we're transcribing the classes and getting those up but you can go and get all the audios the classes with uh, Alan Cohen and Jimmy Twyman and Dove Fishman and Con Tipping and myself and um Enjoy them, please, and share them with friends. They they were really good. I really enjoyed them. And if you're someone who's interested in a spiritual career or even just improving your career path, you might really be interested in the uh, class we did. Uh, it was a bonus class I did on a spiritual career. That was on Saturday. And uh, also, by the way, I am offering my Finding Freedom Spiritual Boot Camp for the very last time this year. We're going to start on November 9th, Wednesday, November 9th, and uh, that is my, you could call it my Course in Miracles Boot Camp. It's really about applying these teachings, living these teachings, walking that talk, and uh, it's really transformative. It's designed for you to have deep transformation and to really have a breakthrough, a major breakthrough in terms of your willingness, in terms of your spiritual practice, and improving the quality of your life. And what else can I tell you about that? Yeah, I did talk about that class some um, in the spiritual career class. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Uh, those who take Finding Freedom, if you need to get continuing education units, if you're a therapist, a coach, a counselor, you can take Finding Freedom for continuing education or licensing units, and we can help you with that. So that's a, a nice bonus if you need CEUs. All right, so we are the treasure of God, and let us understand that, as the treasure we are not going to morph into being trash think of a treasure like jewels and gems and gold you you might uh I mean, obviously, we're we're not time bound like jewels and and precious metals and things like that. But the, the gold is gold. Gold, you you can uh, make something out of gold, and if it gets dented and scratched and whatnot, you just melt it right down, and it's still gold. It's still a treasure. And so, even if we get dented and scratched in spirit, we are not at all. We never were. And this is the thing for us to remember, that we are the treasure of God now and forever. Now and forever. And so to give up this idea that we've become trash in any way, that we have become degraded in any way, it's only in our mind. It's not the truth of our being. Not at all. So, Jesus is inviting us to really, with the prodigal son story, to really lay on the altar all belief in the past being real. Because that is the thing that makes us feel like we're trash, is believing that the past has power, that it's real. The past has no power. Love is the only power. And love is revitalizing. Love is renewing. Love is restorative. I love this. A bit later uh, in the in this section, the treasure of God, uh, it says, uh, "This is right at the end here." What God has willed for you is yours. He has given His will to His treasure, whose treasure it is. Your high heart lies where your tre- treasure is, as His does you who are beloved of God are wholly blessed. Learn this of me and free the holy will of all those who are blessed as you are. (sighs) Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, Later in the course, in the text here, in uh, chapter two. Twelve, section three, which is the investment in reality. Uh, he talks about the treasure again, and he says, "I once asked you to sell all you have and give to the poor and follow me." Now, I love the way he begins with this: "I once asked you, you, to sell all you have and give to the poor and follow me." So, you think of the story from Jesus's own life of the young rich man. Right, who comes to Jesus and says, "Oh, dude, you're so awesome! I would like to learn and study with you. I'd like to travel with you. I love these guys. I'd love to be a part of your group." And Jesus says, "Okie doke. So give everything you have to the poor, and come along. You know, take some time to give everything to the poor, and we'll leave on our journey. Come meet us." Looking forward to it. You're so welcome to join us. And I always think that that young man, the young rich man, probably said something like, um, okay, I see. Yep. I could do that. I could give everything I have to the poor. That's one idea. And, um, but let me just present another idea, Jesus. What if I don't give everything to the poor? Maybe I give half to the poor a third, something like that, and I keep the rest. And here's why, Jesus, because then, hey, we're traveling town to town. We could get some mules. We could stay in some nicer inns. We could eat some better food. And, and, you know, we could feed the poor along the way. And you just know Jesus went, "Uh, that's not what we're doing. If you would like to come with us, you have to give everything to the poor and come with us. That's how it works. Right. So he says, I once asked you to sell all you have and give to the poor and follow me. This is what I meant. All right. So here's you know he's telling us the, the story and what it really means. If you have no investment in anything in this world, you can teach the poor where their treasure is. So Jesus was training teachers walking from town to town. He was training teachers because he knew he wasn't going to be around. And so he was leaving the teachers well-equipped. If someone is holding on to something that they value in this world more than they value the teaching, then they can't really be the teacher that Jesus is training people to be. So when you have no investment in anything in this world, then you can teach the poor where their treasure is. The poor are merely those who have invested wrongly, and they are poor indeed. Because they are in need, it is given you to help them, since you are among them. Consider how perfectly your lesson would be learned if you were willing to share their poverty. For poverty is lack, and there is but one lack, since there is but one need. Suppose a brother insists on having you do something you think you do not want to do. His very insistence should tell you that he believes salvation lies. In it. If you insist on refusing and experience a quick response of opposition, you are believing that your salvation lies in not doing it. You then are making the same mistake he is, and you are making his error real to both of you. Insistence means investment, and what you invest in is always related Your notion of salvation. The question is always twofold. First, what is to be saved? And second, how can it be saved? All right, so how and why? What? How and what? We're going to look at this. And as we do, just think about when you have been insistent. That people do something insistent. Just think about that. Examples. Allow the Holy Spirit to give you one. Or maybe it's when someone else was insistent. Okay. So whenever you become angry with a brother, for whatever reason, you are believing that the ego is to be saved and to be saved by attack. Whenever you become angry with a brother, for whatever reason, you are believing that the ego is to be saved and to be saved by attack. So let's see give you an example from my own life. Mm. <laughs> Nothing's coming to mind. Isn't that funny? Well, hmm I'm trying to think of an instance where I was insistent and I cannot think of one. I did ask the Holy Spirit to remove from my mind any memories I didn't need. Uh, I always think it's worth waiting a moment to listen to Spirit and hear what Spirit has to say and not look to the ego to give me some answer, because there has to be an answer. Can't allow the stillness or the silence. Well, I can tell you I've had instances that I can feel, um, where someone was insisting that I do things their way and, uh, or that the way I was doing things was really, really wrong and bad. And so in those moments, if we look at it, uh, that there's, there's fear there and they're trying to someone who's insisting i should do things differently or do things their way there's there's thinking that their salvation lies in it somehow some way their salvation lies in coercing me through their attack that when someone is insistent like that they're believing that the ego is to be saved and to be saved through the mechanism of attack well, doesn't that just sound like the ego, that in order to be saved, we have to attack? And it says, and that's, of course, how war happens, right? People are going to save their land, their culture, uh, and so they declare war in order to save. If you insist on refusing and experience a quick response of opposition, you are believing that your salvation lies in not doing it. So let's say you, someone is insisting that you do something that you do not want to do, and you are insistent on refusing. You will not do it. Just as they believe that their salvation lies in you doing it, you believe that your salvation lies in not doing it. And then you've got two people both making an error. And it can get quite intense. Insistence means investment. Insistence means investment. Now it says, if someone attacks, you are agreeing with this belief. And if you attack, you are reinforcing it. Remember that those who attack are poor. Their poverty asks for gifts, not for further impoverishment. So when someone is attacking... For any reason of any kind, they are poor, poor of spirit in that moment. There is a sense of lack and limitation in that moment. They believe that their salvation lies in that attack, in that error. And it says, the question is always twofold. First, what is to be saved? And second, how is it to be saved? Remember that? So, when there's that insistence, what is it you're really trying to save? What is it they're really trying to save? Because it's never about what we think it is. I'm never upset for the reason I think. But you could see how, when there's anger and upset like that, and someone is attacking, trying to coerce you, into doing something you don't wish to do, in some way, they believe their salvation lies in it. And knowing that someone's salvation lies in something, lies in you doing what they would like you to do, what if you just took a ponder on it and say, oh... Am I actually feeding their ego, even though it's easier for me? Would I rather not do that? Something to really contemplate. Would I rather not withdraw from that rather than get entangled in it? Now, here's the other thing. It says, remember that those who attack are poor. Their poverty asks for gifts, not for further impoverishment." So what are the gifts that we offer? We offer the gifts of compassion. We offer the gifts of love and kindness and patience and generosity and willingness. And how can we best offer them? Through demonstrating them. So someone is attacking and insistent with us. We can open our heart in that moment recognizing, thinking about the young rich man selling everything and giving it to the poor, in that moment we can recognize we have something to share. We have compassion to share. Rather than address the insistence and make it wrong, hey, I don't like you attacking me and making it wrong. Ah, I think it's so wonderful when we can say, Hey, are you okay? Are you okay? I think that statement works so well for so many different things. Someone doesn't respond to emails or phone calls or text messages for a time. The tendency for many people is to take it personally and to get angry and upset and to start attacking. Remember that those who attack are poor. So if you have issues of prosperity, All attack thoughts, get them out of your mind. And this is the thing that I teach all the time, that the practice of non-judgment is a prosperity practice. The practice of non-judgment is a prosperity practice. So sharing our gifts with those who are poor of spirit, they're angry, they're irritable, they're upset, we can share with them. Now, it takes time, energy, effort, attention, things that in this busy world sometimes we do not wish to give. Sometimes it can seem like, oh, I don't have time for a conversation about extending compassion. I don't really, I just need to get them to stop yelling at me. I just need to change this and go the other way. I just, I... (sighs) I don't have what it takes to have a conversation, a meaningful conversation around this. That could go way beyond my skill level. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you. And then it won't go beyond your skill level. So it says, you who could help them are surely acting destructively if you accept their poverty as yours. If you had not invested as they had, it would never occur to you to overlook their need. Recognize what does not matter. And if your brothers ask for something outrageous, do it because it does not matter. Refuse and your opposition establishes that it does matter to you. So when someone attacks, if we defend ourselves or we attack back, then we're agreeing with their belief. Then we're in some way in league. So the thing is to give the attack, all attack thoughts to the Holy Spirit to do the heavy lifting. Yes. All right. (laughs) Salvation is for the mind and it is attained through peace. This is the only thing that can be saved and the only way to save it. Any response other than love arises from a confusion about the what and the how of salvation. And this is the only answer. Never lose sight of this. And never allow yourself to believe for even an instant that there is another answer. For you will surely place yourself among the poor who do not understand that they dwell in abundance and that salvation has come. Now there's a wonderful affirmation. I dwell in abundance my salvation has come. I dwell in abundance. My salvation has come. Yes. Yes. So we recognize what is valuable. And we are interested only in this. We accept nothing else. So why would we argue over something when someone's trying to be insistent with us? If we are not engaging their insistence will diminish because we're not engaging. It doesn't mean we have to ignore them or be rude to them, but we can just simply not respond back with more anger, more upset, more insistence, more defensiveness. Instead, we can be clear. I'm not interested in that right now. But thank you for asking. Thank you for connecting with me. I'm grateful For this connection. All right. So we are the treasure of God. We're already there. The treasure is already there. It can't be diminished or harmed. So why not just accept that we are the treasure of God. And let go of every idea that we're less than. This is why we come together. This is what we're about. And I'm so grateful and thankful. To be able to. Walk this path with you, recognizing the treasure that is in our heart, in our being now and forevermore. So I'm going to take this breath of love and gratitude and say a word of prayer and a word of thanks first for all the wonderful people who have supported this effort to get these transcripts of the radio show posted on the website. We are finally... Uh, getting close to having that done. And I love and appreciate you. Thank you for your contributions. This is listener-supported radio. And your contributions to Power of Love Ministry and Unity Radio make it possible. Thank you. You are a blessing. So we take this breath of love and gratitude and with our hand on our heart, we recognize infinite love, intelligence is our true nature. It's our true identity. It's our very being. And we are grateful and thankful to shine it forth fully and completely, remembering the truth. We share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. I love you. Have a great rest of your week. Next week, I'll be in Thailand. Mwah.
2: Thank you for tuning in to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Reverend Jennifer Hadley. Like them, you can enjoy this extra support as you come to walk your talk and live A Course in Miracles every day in every way.
3: Are you ready for deeper spiritual breakthroughs? Have you wondered how to apply spiritual principles to your everyday life in practical ways?